Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast Channel. This is Random Thoughts number 10. You're being dumbed down and programmed. This uh, particular topic came to my head. I mean, the first thing when I woke up this morning, it was the first thing that was in my head, and I thought I would try to get it broadcast before I forget because that's one of my issues is that if I put something off, I generally forget to do it. And then if I do remember to do it, a lot of times it's not, I'm unhappy with the result because it is not what I originally intended. Anyway, you don't need to know how my process works. I, um, I, have pro- I, I, I know in passing, I have mentioned the programming fact, but I didn't put it into those particular words. The dumb down part, I haven't really discussed. They they interrelate, at least in the American sense. And since America has exported a lot of its Masonic garbage all over the world and basically, I, I shouldn't say America, the, the, the Masons have exported exported their garbage all over the world since at least the 1700s when they when they actually became organized but at least in America you know and I'm not saying I was any different either because I am a product of of my society. I am a product of my culture. And I think a lot of people, when they listen to some of my episodes, think that, oh, he's just a self-righteous a-hole. There's a reason I do the disclaimer, and that is, I'm letting people know that I am well aware that a lot of what I've talked about, I, you know, I'm either have been guilty of or are still guilty of, and I'm working on. And that includes my cultural and societal attitudes that I've had. You know, like I said, I'm in my 50s. So we're talking 50 years. 
you know, this, this attitude that I have now did not, you know, I wasn't born with it. Um, I haven't held these views for the past 20 odd years. I haven't even held these views for the past five years. Now, I, I, for the sake of truth, I'm going to be honest, around 2016, I started getting an inkling that things aren't what I thought they were, but I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I had an idea that things weren't what they, sh what they, what they appeared to be, but it wasn't until I write about masonry that I understood the pretty much the um the how and the why. And as far as you know, their end goals go, as I've said in previous podcasts, they're a secret society. They're, they're not going to publish their, their manifestos on, you know, what they, why they do what they do, like Ted Kaczynski in uh, wherever cabin he was holed up. I think it might have been Oregon, but whatever. So, to get back to the original topic, you're being programmed, whether you know it or not, and you are. Now, some of you, you know, will think, well, they train people to be mindless consumers, and I'm not a mindless consumer. Well, that's only one aspect of how you are being trained. Uh, and by the way, I'm going to keep this strictly on Americans. Um, it would be presumptuous to me to speak of Western Europeans or any other, other uh, countries or societies that I'm not a part of. But in America, we are taught that we are the freest country on earth. And even. Even the. The people who are quote unquote. Based in red pill. Will. Will say something stupid like. Well America. Yeah we've. We're, we're not as free as we claim to be. But we're freer than other nations. And. This comes from a basic misapprehension of the word freedom. A lot of things, a lot of the words that the definitions we have now are not the definitions of a hundred years ago which are not uh, uh, the definitions of 200 years ago, which are not the definitions of 300 years ago. So, you know, people, people 
have a misapprehension of what freedom actually is and what it means. And obviously it's not their fault. That's why I'm starting off with the programming first. They've been programmed. You, you're being programmed with the these false notions. People are being programmed to literally substitute let me let me rephrase that people are literally being programmed to worship ideologies their food their bodies their entertainment They're being programmed to worship their uh, their vices. Literally being programmed because whether you know it or not, and I I've seen this happen in the Protestant camp. Just since 2000. Of course, as I've said earlier, Protestants tend, they're basically a, um, they're secular, they're secular, secularized society or politicized society with a, with a quote-unquote Christian facade. They go to a building. They listen to somebody that... I'm going to call it a cult of personality. Pastor Jim Bob. Oh, Pastor Jim Bob. He has all the answers. All I need is him and my Bible. And I'm good. And... The church that they go to, and I don't care if it's a 10,000-person megachurch or a 10-person storefront church. The attitudes and the ideas reflected in those churches basically reflect the society around them. And that wasn't always the case, but because what's, what's insidious about the society that we live in is that basically, you know, and as I said in an earlier episode, forget whether, um, Society flows from law or law fl flows from society. Those are moot points. They don't, they absolutely do not matter. Both law, society, and culture come from Masonic influences. And one of the most insidious ways that the Masons operate is they put, they infiltrate, although it's, not really hard to infiltrate 
a a church when it's not worshiping and it's it, it's it's totally removed from God. It's not hard to influence these things. And and for for the record, it doesn't necessarily need to be a church either. People, if they're not living for God, they're easily trainable and they're easily easily um made ignorant. But anyway, but what's insidious about this is people go and I'm I'm not just I'm not just singling out the Protestants. The Vatican II sect is the same way. They basically influence or I'm sorry, infiltrate societal and cultural norms into these quote-unquote churches and people and most people who attend these churches are doing it out of goodwill. They're, they're going to these churches thinking that they are worshiping. They think it's the one true God. It's actually their conception of the one true God. And those are not the same thing. But they don't they don't realize that you know they're going there because because they are going they they think they're they're worshiping the one true God and they're only worshiping their conception of God. Um they they cannot realize that they're actually being programmed to be good little drones in a Masonic society. And I've kind of taken a little longer with that aspect of society, which I apologize for because, and the topic really honestly is, is more broad, but people will absolutely... Here's the thing. When, when, when I say worship, I literally, well, I, I mean, I do mean worship. But for those of you who are not of a religious mindset, let me put it to you this way. We are trained to ob- obsess over stupid crap. And I will go through some of the examples I listed. With the food. Okay? You know, this this whole, you know, oh, I can't eat meat, I can't eat eggs, I can't eat mil uh I can't I can't use dairy products because somehow it's a cruelty to the animals or so, whatever reason. Just depends on the person. And or you get the other thing where people are like, well, if I, if I have the right diet, I'll live to be 90. Okay? If you research the World Economic Forum, and I'm going to pound this into your head, whether you like it or not, when Klaus Schwab got on and announced his intentions... That meat will become a delicacy. (laughs) 
And basically what he meant was, is him and his buddies will be eating, you know, the best steak in the house, in the world rather. And if they give you any meat at all, it's going to be adulterated garbage that isn't fit to be eaten by pigs. Not that you'll have a chance to eat pork either. But things like dairy, dairy products, eggs, you know, food that when I was coming up was taken for granted. That's they're 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 literally training you to reject that. And I know a lot of based in red pill, ultra right wingers are going to laugh at that. Why do you think he said you're going? Well, actually, in the video, he didn't. There was another video that came out later and they said, oh, bugs will be a delicacy. And in some cultures, they're literally eating bugs. Okay. So, the people who obsess about the purity of their food, they're just being programmed with an ideology that is going to turn out with them eating the bug. And because they're so easily trainable, you know, when the world, like uh, the Masons say, you must eat bugs, they'll gladly do it. Because they will have been programmed to think, oh, wow, this is, this is, uh, this is saving the environment, you know. I'm eating bugs. This is good. And for those who obsess about their food, um, this is, they're, or I'm sorry, they obsess about their food to live longer. All they'll do is, is they'll package the bugs, you know, if they haven't already, they'll package bugs into palatable form and they'll tell you that it's a, uh, a health powder or that it's a, you know, a health patty or whatever. They'll, they'll do that, and then they'll tell you, oh, well, if you eat X, and, and by the way, <laughs> they're going to hype the heck out of it. They'll hype this garbage. And those of you who want to live to be 90, and by the way, <laughs> the, the, the wanting to live to be 90 part that is because if you don't believe, if, if God and heaven are abstract con uh, concepts to you, then you're always going to doubt when you die that there's an afterlife. And if you doubt that you, if you doubt that there's an afterlife, you want to stay on this earth, which you consider to be your reality as long as you can. Because whether you know it or not, you doubt when you die that there's an afterlife. And there's a lot of people 
who think that there's an afterlife who in actuality um they're they have their own doubts too they just don't realize it yet I'm going to briefly touch on hobbies. And I'm going to try to stay as general as I can, but there's there's a lot to pick apart. For those of you who are like me and Basically, because I do not have a laptop, I have to use my phone as my laptop. Those of you who are IT literate know that basically I'm going to be charitable and say that 90 to 95% of the apps... Um, for the phones, and I don't care if it's Crapple or if it's uh, or if it's um, oh, I forget the name of the cell phone company. Basically, the Galaxy. I, I don't care if it's it, you know they're garbage. They're they are made. I tried explaining this to a friend of mine. I I. Don't think that he, he even gets the concept. They are made purposely ob obsolete. And when I told him that, he was like, oh, no, it's just because they, they, uh, they farm out the, the phone apps to third world countries and these people are not as uh, tech literate as, say, Western people. No. No, 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 no. That is not correct. They are purposely made obsolete so that... Oh, and by the way, just on a basic note, for those of you who have to call customer service, you will have noticed a trend, at least in the past 10 years, that... 95% of the time, you cannot speak to a native English speaker. This too is done on purpose. You are being trained that if a busted app gives you good service, you're absurdly grateful. If the person that you talk to, or Yes, if the person that you talk to when, when you are dealing with a company understands and gives you good service, you're absurdly grateful. This is done on purpose. This is training you to accept. This is training you to accept shoddy products and shoddy service. Now, having worked service work and implicitly knowing that my attitude has been garbage the majority of the time I've worked service work, I when 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 I go, you know, when I receive services, 
basically my attitude is, well, I had a garbage attitude, so I really, you know, I really don't expect, unlike a lot of people, a happy, cheerful person to, to you know, fake being nice to me. If they're polite and they're and they know their job and you know that's all I ask of them and quite frankly that's all that should be expected. If they're polite, they know their job, they get you in and out. That's all that should be expected. But that's <laughs> I'm just going to speak for myself. I've noticed that at least when, well, not just mainly on the phone, but even in some service industries I walk into, uh, they're the, the main attitudes that have been prevailing have been indifference or outright hostility. And you're being trained to accept this. And given the fact that, you know, for sake of ease, when I say the powers that be, just keep in the back of your mind, I'm talking about our Masonic influence, government, culture, and society. That nobody has stood up to them and told them to go pound sand. We're not tolerating it. You know, they have become, quite frankly, um, arrogant and they, they think that they can do what they want. And because it's been prophesied in Catholic, Catholic, um, I don't know exactly what word I want to use here. Prophecy. I'll, I'll say prophecy. Basically. Oh, sorry about the basically. These, the powers that be, are literally going to run roughshod over 95% of the world's population. And the world's population is going to take it. And to those of you laboring under delusion that somehow that you're going to stop or can escape, well, you may be able to escape for, the, for a time, but the, the concept of a totalitarian government started with the Masonic movement. And to those of you based in red-pilled, uh, right, hardcore right-wingers, you might as well get used to the opportunity. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not opportunity. You might as well get used to the uh, concept that the whole idea of a totalitarian government, I don't care, socialist, Nazi, whatever, communist, was started by the Freemasonic movement. And if you have brain, if you, if you have ears to hear and eyes to see, you will know totalitarian governments, 
They are not happy. They are not happy. Not not for not. They're not happy with your uh, passive aggressive compliant, or I should say, um, not passive aggressive, but your unwilling compliance with the rules. And this is what makes George Orwell's 1984 such an instruct, instructive example. Because in it, the, the main character wants to break, through, break away from his totalitarian government. So he basically, he wants to join the rebellion against the totalitarian, totalitarian government. And the guy that he thought was part, you know, was the leader of, of the rebel movement was actually a government agent. And they've got him in, in locked away in a cell. And basically the government agent tells him, he says, we're going to torture you now. Not because, not, not out of any sadism here. We're going to torture you because we not only want you to unwillingly comply, we actually want you to truly and utter believe what we teach you. That this is the literal truth. And if you do not accept this as the literal truth, we will kill you. So, you know, the, um, the powers to be, you know, like I said, you can escape into the mountains somewhere. If you form any sizable community and have any sort of, uh, any sort of presence, if they find out about it, they will squash you like a bug. No questions asked. And I wasn't really sure when I did this episode how long it was going to take. Right now it's looking, I may go slightly over an hour. I'm, I am going to try to keep this brief. So, basically, I want to punch myself in the mouth. Sorry about the basically. What you're being trained to do is basically treat God... And Satan as abstractions. They're, they don't really apply in your life. Then you know they, they they don't apply. You're being trained to only worry about the here and now. You're being trained to substitute because you can argue with me all you want, but human beings are literally wired to worship a God. And even the atheists, anybody who's listened to, to the drones that Christopher Hitchens and, and the other four horsemen programmed in the 2000s will know 
is they literally treat their atheism like a religion. That is why they get contemptuously called the evangelical atheists. You know, but be, because cognitive dissonance is a thing, whether you, whether you are aware of it or not, they don't realize that it's their religion. And if you tried to explain it to them, they think you were crazy. And we are also trained that government grants us our rights. Government grants us our rights. And for you Americans out there, uh, I believe it's the Declaration of Independence to say our rights come from God. Has it never occurred to you that when Jefferson wrote those words, he might not have meant them? I know that's the craziest thing you ever heard. I'm nuts. I'm absolutely, you know, I've done too much party and my brain is a shriveled up blackened pit. But just consider the idea that when Jefferson wrote our rights come from God, he might not have meant it. Because it is a matter of public record that Jefferson was a atheist. And I have not run into anything that is actually said that he is a uh, actual Mason, other other American founders were Masons. I have not run into anything that said he himself, Jefferson, was an actual Mason. But he, he was definitely influenced by them. That's where he got a lot of his ideas from. And the reason why... I'm bringing this up is if you're looking to your government to supply you your rights, then you are subject to that government, whether you like it or not. You know, I, 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 when I was on Twitter, I got into an argument with some Vatican II uh, person, and I'm being charitable because I wanted to say something else. I got into an argument because this person was whining and complaining that she didn't want her tax money going to pay off other people's college loans. Now, that's erroneous, not just on a true Catholic level. That's just erroneous in a political level. Because anybody who's ever dealt, and I don't care if it's a federal government, a state government, or a city government, their attitude is, we tell you what you're going to do, and you get no say in the issue. Now, of course, when election time comes around, they will give you the false impression you have a say, but they don't. 
They absolutely do not. You do not have a say. Now, you can make up whatever cope you want to make up. The bottom line is, and by the way, this is the way it's always been since the 1700s. And of course, and I'm going to be getting into the ill education here. That's why I'm saying it may may run over an hour. You know, we've been trained, well, actually, not just we moderns, but ever, you know, Americans have been trained since the 1700s that, oh, yeah, monarchy is horrible, and, and it's just basically taking away your freedoms. Well, <laughs> basically... <clears throat> I got to get out of this habit. I apologize, guys. You are being trained from your mother's milk that under various guises, oh, it's for the children. Oh, it's for society's sake. Things such as higher taxes, things such as the encroaching government Literally uh, making your kids, uh, implanting their political ideas into your kids. You know, the intrusive laws, the intrusive laws, speed limits, drunk driving laws, you know, the government suing the tobacco companies because. Oh, people are too dumb to know that tobacco's bad for them. All this crap in the name of safety, in the name of the public good. Whether you, you know, if you want to live in, in your own conception that somehow that you are free, that's up to you. And a lot of it is due to the fact that Americans in particular are very, very ignorant of history. And those who think that they're smart in history, they get their knowledge from what I would call uh, what, what YouTube calls approved sources. In other words, the historians that are basically propagandists for the government, what they write for you to read. All right. And it doesn't, well, I'm going to get into that in education when I talk about the being dumbed down. But. <laughs> I I I want to say this, and I will expound upon it in a few minutes. The average peasant, for all the horror stories that you have been taught about the Dark Ages and monarchy being evil, and the average peasant 
in the 1300s was more free. And I literally mean taxes, the way they raised their kids, you know, the ideas that, you know, that they could believe or not to believe. They were actually freer. Not just, I will say they they were freer than the average American citizen in the early 1800s. And the reason why I didn't include the Americans from the founding of the United States is because when America was founded, the systems were not in place fully to be fully totalitarian. They were not. They were actually, they literally had the freedom to, you know, if if the local town that they were living in was getting on their nerves, they could get on a wagon and head west and keep going until they decided to stop. But, the systems started be getting more and more in place before the Civil War. And Lincoln, prob- uh, if you read the history of what he did, he basically, he did the outlines and Wilson, or I'm sorry, Lincoln did the foundation and Wilson built built the actual house I apologize I'm I'm trying to get decide if there's as far as the, the training goes or what I what I actually should say indoctrinization because that's literally what it is. You're being indoctrinated. Whereas training, you're actually being shown how to do something. Whereas in today's society and culture, this 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 is literal indoctrination because I think with training Training is a good thing. If you need to do a job and you don't know how to do it, yes, you should be be trained. But indoctrination is the antithesis of what freedom. We are indoctrinated. I think I'm going to make this point about indoctrination and then I'm going to go back to being dumbed down. We're being indoctrinated to accept Quite honestly, crappy, I mean literally crappy 
not just not just uh art and when i'm when i say art uh i'm talking about paintings or sculptures i'm also talking about music books movies We are literally being indoctrinated to accept time with, well, especially with video games. Video games, I keep talking about how hobbies are basically to distract you from the garbage that's going around, around you. Well, video games are what I would use as my primary example. Because it's literally distracting you. You know, you're, you're, you're spending however many much time that you're spending on a stupid video game that you, and I'm speaking from experience on this one. I would say 95% of video games are overpriced to begin with, but when I last played video games, your average video game was 50 bucks. So you're playing an overpriced game and you're spending however much time on it. Some people spend upwards to 12 hours a day. When Okay, let's, let's just say you're moderate in your video game playing. You play like maybe three hours. That's three hours you're never going to get back. Three hours that could have been spent reading a book, uh, researching a topic. And if you even acknowledge God at all, maybe trying to find the truth in religion. And if you're, if you don't care about the, the destination of your soul and you're atheist and, you know, God doesn't exist and all that, well, wonderful. If you're noticing that government seems kind of intrusive, well, you could study, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> People call it blackpilling when you say there's literally nothing you can do. And I notice it's the, the two younger generations that say this. Oh, that's blackpilling. When I was coming up, and I mean in the early 70s, they were saying stuff like, you can't fight City Hall. And when they were saying that in the early 70s, that had been an expression for even longer than that. Maybe 50, 70 years, they were saying that before the 70s. And it's the literal truth. Like a lot of, like a lot of common sayings, it is the literal truth. You literally cannot fight City Hall. 
But what you can do is research, you know, you could research how basically how the political ideologies, conservatism and liberalism, their two sides is the same coin. Michael Malice has always said that conservatives are progressives driving the speed limit. And I have said on an earlier episode that I disagreed with him. I have to I have to to change that that statement. He's right but for the wrong reasons. I believe Michael Malice is a literal uh atheist. I could be wrong about that. But he's right for the wrong reasons. He's right literally when he says that conservatives are progressives driving the speed limit. In other words, they're the faction of the powers that be that don't want to drive you to open rebellion. So they pretend to be against what the radical powers that be want to do. And they're the ones who are boiling the frog. They call them, you know, oh, I'm against it, I'm against it. And then two years later, these same people are like, well, maybe we should do this. They're, they're the ones that are literally floating the trial balloons. And they're getting you used to the concept that if you're of a certain age, you know things like gay marriage and, and turning, uh, mutilating children would have been unthinkable, would have been unthinkable 40 years ago, more or less 50 years ago. But for a lot of people, you know, it's acceptable. And by the way, for those of you, I never, I don't think it's acceptable. There are other things in culture that you, culture and, um, Culture, government, and uh, society that you accept that that would not have been acceptable, you know, as 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 far back as thirty years ago, and you can go even farther back. It would have been unthinkable. So don't don't be breaking your arm, patting yourself on the back. Well, child mutilation, no, oh, guys. Uh, naked guys and women uh, having parades down the middle of Main Street. Hate to tell you guys this. The whole gay pride thing with, with the obscenity marches that they have, that was, <laughs> that was literally a thing in San Francisco back in the 80s. 
Okay, this this did not happen five years ago. This did not start happening five years ago. This did not ha- start happening uh, 20 years ago. This did not start happening 30 years ago. Uh, it was, it, it was happening or it was being reported on in the eighties. And according to my research, these kind of dealings were actually going on in the late sixties in San Francisco. So, if you think, and, and I, it really disappoints me that people that I like and respect have allowed themselves to become. misled into thinking that there's a political solution for this. There isn't. So as I suspected, I've only covered one part of a two-part topic. So... I am going to go ahead and stop the first part now while I try to get my ideas for the second part together. I'll be right back. So this is the second part. And in this part, as I said earlier in the episode, the indoctrination that that people are being indoctrinated while well, the indoctrination also goes in not just on a societal or cultural level but also on a you you you're you're being they call it schooling let's indoctrination into what the powers that be wants you to believe or it it's uh you're you're being indoctrinated and At the same time, are you being indoctrinated? They are introducing concepts into society and into culture that is actually dumbing you down. Now, I'm sure those of you who are politically aware know about the whole, the whole thing of, uh, Two plus two equals five. A lot of people like to laugh that off and say, no, 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 it's just 
it's just random. It's, it's it's just an outlier. It's just one random Looney Tune, you know, city or county or whatever. It you know, no, no, no. This this because of we're in present time. The whole two plus two equals five idea is literally in our faces where they are literally telling people two plus two can be five. And you, it's your life. If you want to laugh this off as a bunch of random Looney Tunes, to those of you who are my age, let me list some things. That when we were kids in the 70s, that if somebody had said these things in the 70s, they they would have been laughed and ridiculed, which are now accepted in a lot of quarters in American society. So let's play this little thought experiment. Gay people are born the way they are. Now, before anybody says, well, I lived in the 70s and I thought that, well, I, I you are the actual outlier in that in that case, okay? The, ma- the ma- majority of Americans in the 70s, if you had told them that go that there was a gay gene, a literal gay gene. You would have been laughed out of the, uh, you would have been laughed out of the, uh, room and ridiculed and rightfully so. There is no gay gene. Now, because we are human beings and if we have something traumatic happen to us, that can affect our behavior. But there is literally no gene that makes you gay. Outside factors can make you gay. Personal predilection can make you gay. But there's no gay gene. Let me think. Let me see. What other stupid idea? Uh, Let me see. Oh. Well, no, that's still too fresh. I was going to say the whole mutilating of children. Right now, it's like the whole gay marriage thing. Oh, I I have a twofer here. Gay marriage. Now, in the 70s, if you'd said two gay people should be able to get married and have the same rights and privileges as a regular married couple... you more than likely definitely would have been made fun of. And in some cases, you might have actually gotten your butt kicked for even suggesting such an absurd idea. And they they slow rolled that. They slow rolled that. 
And even as, yes, I know Americans, this is ancient history, as far back as I want to say 2004, 2005, it was massively unpopular. And then when the Supreme Court, (laughs) if you want to call it that, decided that, no, gay marriage is cool, then all of a sudden, you know, Americans, oh, well, Supreme Court said it's okay, so it's okay. Now it's just taken as a matter of fact. And as far as mutilating a children, right now, with that, we are probably, with the whole gay marriage thing, where we were at, uh, I want to say around 2000, the majority of Americans think it, I, I don't even want to say the majority. You know, if we were talking about more earlier times, we could say that the majority people have been so, they're literally indoctrinated to indifference about crap that should really be important to them. Well, we've been, you know. We've been lulled to sleep. We've been we we've been trained to be indifferent. There's a reason I play the sermon scene from Boondock Saints, where the, the, the Monsignor says the indifference of good men. Anyhow, I think right now that A small percentage know it's wrong, know it's evil, know it's vile. The other, there's another small percent that is trying, well, they're not trying, they're they're doing. They're, They're trying to get it acceptable. And then the mass of people who are indifferent to it because they, for whatever reason, as I never get tired of saying, people are individuals. We have our own way of looking at things so people for the most part are indifferent and I remember in the 2000s when people were running around saying well if two gay people want to get married what do I care it's their business and I have to admit I was one of those people The whole idea, and I'm going back to the original concept, the whole idea that a woman, a a, a hundred pound woman, five foot four, a hundred pounds, was capable of doing the same things that a 200 pound a uh, six foot two muscled up man could do would would have been laughed as ridiculous in the seventies, and once again, 
people people have tacitly accepted it, accepted this idea. I could go on, but I think I've made my point, which brings me to a very important point. Indifference, the very bottom line of indifference, it's tacit support. It gets dressed up in today's society. Well, I'm not for and I'm not for against. Well, right. Right. It go back 300 years. And if you talked to people about indifference, they would have said, well, it's tacit support. It's literal tacit support. Because if you're neither for nor against, uh, for you, for you, uh, worshipers of the American governmental system and the grifter in chief, Glenn Beck, once used to make this quote about Jefferson. Jefferson used to say that if it neither picks my pocket nor breaks my arm, I'm, I'm neither for nor against. So as far back as the 1700s, we had the literal introduction of indifference. That's another reason why religious indifferentism is denounced in the pre-Vatican II church. Because if you if you're indifferent to the ultimate truth, then you're willing, and by the way, the ultimate truth is the, the ultimate route to God. And if you're indifferent toward that, then you're going to be indifferent toward everything else. It's not just in religion. Not just in religion. If you're, in, if you're indifferent to religious truth, then you're going to be indifferent to things outside of religion. And by the way, as I never get tired of saying, religious truth and natural law are interrelated, whether you want to admit it or not. So, we are literally being indoctrinated toward indifference, which is tacit support. We are literally being dumbed down. Uh, I, I invite anybody who's ever been to college who thinks that they're a 300 IQ genius because they got a piece of paper from a diploma mill, which basically indoctrinates them. Look at the college standards for today, and because we have the interwebs, unless the results have been scrubbed, and I don't think that they have, compare the requirements to get a bachelor's degree present day against the standards to get a 
a bachelor's degree in the 1900s and compared that to the standards of getting a bachelor's degree in like the late 1800s. And here's the thing. There is a reason why the powers that be wanted elementary education, or I'm sorry, state-run education. And, you know, basically the old saw about they wanted public education because they wanted to indoctrinate your kids. That is correct, although a lot of the people saying that are saying it for the absolute wrong reasons. The reason why a lot of people that say that, they they are people who would have no problem with the agenda that the powers that be have right now. They have no, they have no issue with that. But when a society that has public education, that has values contrasting with theirs, then then it's indoctrination. When they agree with their particular agenda, then it's not indoctrination. It's actually education. Anyhow. Like I said, like a lot of things that are happening today, this has happened incrementally. And I'm talking... I believe the first public schools in America were probably opened in like the early 1800s. And you literally have the the uh the people who introduced public schooling to America they they are they have been recorded although it probably be find hard to find these quotes nowadays i've actually read the quotes they've literally said our purpose is to make good american citizens notice what they didn't say not to educate not to make independent thinkers but to make good american citizens Oh, I I hope I'm, I've got a little over 15 minutes. I really, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this in an hour and a half. This was too deep. <laughs> Anyhow, critical thinking skills have been degraded. And I'm not excluding myself out of this. The only reason that I'm able to understand and see what I see is because of God and his blessed mother's grace. That's it. 
We are literally a bunch of lemmings jumping off a cliff. Like I, to finish my point off, like I said, basically, apologize. It, nowadays it's in your face. Over since the 1800s, they have literally been making people who unquestionably follow and 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 are literally indoctrinated into the into the idea that you know of of the american system of government and the ideas that underpin the American constitution. They have been taught not to critically think and not to be independent. And by the way, when I say this, I'm also talking about people who should know better. And when I say should know better, I'm talking about Sedevacantis. And for you Sedevacantis out there that think that I'm some sort of bomb-throwing radical, I want to remind you of the fact that the reason that uh, the Catholic Church prior to Vatican II had its own schooling was because the Pope's And the bishops realized that with the secularization of government, they did not want the heirs of this seculars. uh, I'm sorry. They did heirs, heirs. I might have said heirs. Heirs of uh, the secularization of government and all the attendant problems of that to be interjected into Catholic kids. That is why we had separate schools. But even there are set of contests, and unfortunately, some of the older set of contests who have bought into the American narrative. Now, as I've said earlier, I understand that these these are priests and prelates who are too busy taking care of their flocks to necessarily do a deep dive into political political currents, undercurrents. So this is not necessarily aimed at um the older priests and prelates. This is more aimed at the lay people. I, I find more said vacantes are more interested in whatever internet drama is going on or whatever apologetic drama is going on. Now, I realize in the past I have said that 
we shouldn't be worried about politics. And we shouldn't. However, if politics is what really interests you, but you still think that, you know, that basically, uh, sorry guys. If you still think that the, that our form of government is a good thing and that what we've been taught over the years is a good thing, I would highly suggest that you go and you study, you, 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 you do a study about the evolution and, and not just the evolution, but the basis of the American revolution. Because, you know, everything that you're seeing now in ramped up form was the seed of the American Revolution, whether you want to admit it or not. But this isn't about politics. This is how we have been dumbed down. How we, the majority of us have lost our ability to critically think, to take things to their logical conclusions. So, I'm going to give a brief example, and I think I want to wrap up. They start at grade school. Now, to those of you with kids, and I realize a lot of the based and red-pilled uh, set of a contest are homeschooling, although it's just not set of a contest. In the 90s, I started noticing I was living in a Midwestern state at the time, a state which, by the way, quote-unquote was conservative, that they were pushing pre-kindergarten and that they wanted to make pre-kindergarten uh, free. And the thought, and by the way, when, when I heard about this, I was nowhere near interested in being a Christian. When I heard about this, my first thought, because I was secular minded was, oh, this is basically, they want to make free preschool for people that are poor and can't afford a preschool. And then as I started becoming a little more aware, I also realized that they never actually came out and said, well, we want this to be free preschool for poor people because obviously the middle class would have a crap fit if they, if they heard that. So they used other language. Then the thought occurred to me that not only do they, you know, they want to give 
they want to indoctrinate poor kids into their line of thinking, but they also want to take as much control away from the parents and the raising of their kids. And it is a well-known fact that even saints, of course, when the saints said this, they they were talking about a actual religious good. Give me a child and I will raise him up to be a good Catholic. Well, the you know, the powers that be understand the truth of that, and they went along with it. So, in closing, your average peasant in the Middle Ages, I'm, I'm going to go to the 1300s, 1400s, in that era, even before then, really, was a lot more freer because the Catholic Church, the, the, the monarchies were basically, in, in their secular areas, they were allowed to, to run their countries or their provinces as they wished, but they were answerable to the local bishop or to the pope. And because society as a whole was religious, you had a, every feast day, every feast day in the Catholic calendar at that time was a holiday. And there were, I, I've heard, I've heard, uh, Sedvacantis, uh, priests and bishops talk about, I think they said that the average average uh, peasant worked maybe 200 days out of the year. And the rest of the time was his own to do with as he wished. And they might have not have known the things that we consider so important. But they had critical thinking skills. They might not have been able to sign their name. They might not have been able to read their Bibles. But they 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 had critical thinking skills. If somebody came to them with an outrageous concept, no matter how skilled they were at the art of demagoguery, the average peasant would have either ignored them or chased them out of their town with pitchforks and torches. So, and they, you know, they call the era of the Dark Ages, quote-unquote, the Dark Ages, because basically... They'll never tell you this, obviously, but the those that era was religiously oriented. It was oriented toward God and the, the true Catholic Church. And because, and you'll find this interesting too, a lot of the historians that use the term Dark Ages, that term started being used 
shortly after the Reformation and especially during, or I'm sorry, the Protestant Revolt and especially during the quote-unquote Enlightenment. So this has been a long and rambly episode. It would have behooved me probably to take a uh, take some notes before broadcasting. It would have given me a better idea of what I had to work with. I just want you to think about the things that I mentioned. And how they apply. And even if you don't agree with my assessment, at least consider the possibility that maybe I'm not entirely full of crap. Okay? So, once again, this ran long, and I apologize for that. But I do, if you if you stuck with me to this point, I really appreciate it. Your time is valuable, and any time you spend listening to me, I appreciate the fact that you did. And I hope and I pray that you get something out of this. And I'm praying that I'm praying for everybody. And I would like to see more people get into heaven, if possible. God bless you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. You people have been chosen to reveal our existence to the world. You will witness what happens here today, and you will tell of it later.